This sermon audio is presented to you by Pastor Tommy Brandon and Calvary Church of Fort Worth. For more information, visit our website at calvaryftw.com. There at 2 Corinthians chapter 4. And then I'm, gonna, I'm also going to read the same scripture from a different transliteration called the Message. I'm going to read it from King James first and then we'll read it from the Message. And I, I have a feeling that today is going to be a blessing to you. I want you guys to work with me here uh, on scripture before I read you my text. I want you to, I want you to get a hold of this. Um, we're going we're gonna to summarize a portion of scripture for our, for our own personal gain right now. Everybody say this out loud with me. Say it, say it the way I'm saying it. Say, sure, I can be a hearer of the word. But everything changes when I become a doer of the word. This message that I'm about to preach to you today is the final piece of the November series that we've been in called Be Real. And this message in particular, I believe with all my heart, is the type of message that if, if, if you'll hear it, it's going to bless you. But if you'll do it, it's going to change you forever. Okay? And, and I'm, I'm sure maybe we preachers, maybe we say this every Sunday. I don't know. But I feel so strong about this message for the day that we're living in. I honestly believe that this is the kind of message that if you'll go back and listen to it two, three, four, five times, that it's going to change you. And it's going to change your life forever. Today in the final piece of this series called Be Real... And, the, and the, you know, what we've been working from is why do we have to be real? Why do we have to be authentic? Because life's too short to be fake. Life's way too short to be fake. Life's way too short to be fake. So let's start it today. And this morning in particular, I'm going to be talking about this topic. We're going to be taking the mask off and getting rid of the, the, the fake mask. Uh, and we're going we're gonna to deal with this topic of our chaotic lives. Our chaotic lives. King James rendering of 2 Corinthians 4. And verse number 1 and 2. And we'll, we'll uh, conclude with the end of 2. Therefore seeing we have this ministry. As we have received mercy we think not. But have renounced. The hidden things of dishonesty. Not walking in craftiness nor handling the word of God deceitfully. I have this underlined in my, in my hard copy of the Bible. But by manifestation of the truth. By the coming forth, by the revealing, by the experiencing of the truth. Commending ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God. Now the message helps us kind of get it. It brings light to it. And the message reads it this way. We, we refuse to wear masks and play games. We refuse it. We're not going to get caught in this trap of wearing masks and, and playing games. We don't maneuver behind the scenes. We don't manipulate and maneuver behind the scenes. Rather, we keep everything we do and say out in the open. We're going to live honest lives because those that we live with and do life with deserve the real us. And somebody say amen. So here we go, everybody. We're going to unmask our chaotic lives. Receive this for your benefit today. I don't know how it happened, but somewhere, somehow, uh, we've all, every one of us in this room are guilty. You may say, I'm not guilty of this, but you are guilty of it, maybe to a lesser degree than myself, but we're all guilty. We've slid into this crazy trap of being busy. And somehow, we've sold ourselves this lie that busy is cool and that busy is good and that busy is healthy. Conversations go like, hey, man, what's up? Oh, man, just busy. You busy? I'm busy. How, are you busy? I, I'm busy. How busy are you? I'm busier than you. How busy is that? Busy. 
How busy? Busy like crazy busy. I don't sleep busy. I don't eat busy. No, I look at you. You eat pretty good. Well, I'm busy eating, but I'm busy. How's your family? We're just busy. Man, I hadn't seen you in a while. I know. We're just so busy. Nobody gets a trophy for being busy. But yet we're all trying to outdo each other on busy. But there's a difference in being busy and being productive. And God's will for our family is not to be busy. God's will for us is to be productive. Jeff Foxworthy made a killing off of the, the little fun jokes about you might be a redneck if. These are not in any way that funny, but it's just kind of a play off that. And uh, I just kind of made some stuff up here because I thought they were kind of funny. <laughs> you know you're too busy if you never finish the book that you were reading on time management. <laughs> I'm not Foxworthy, but that's pretty good. That's funny. You know you're busy if you never finish the book that you were reading on time management. Now, turn to your friend next to you and say, that's, that's pretty good. That's pretty good. Kind of made me chuckle. I got a little tickled over that. Hey, you know you're busy if you say, hey, kids, let's go. It's time to eat. And they go get in the car. You're busy. You're busy. You know you're busy if you've got more clothes in your car than you have in your closet. You're busy. Somebody raised their hand. It's like, dude's like a prophet or something. I'm like that TV preacher. I've got the ushers out in the, out in the parking lot. Yeah, there's a, there's a car out here loaded down with stuff. That'd be a good joke. Hit them with that real quick. No, I just know you're busy, man. We're all busy. You know you're busy. Now, on a, on a, on a serious note, you know you're too busy on a serious note here. You're too busy if you're still working on your days off. You've fallen into the trap. You've, you, you've, you've slid into the trap, man. If you're just as tired on Monday as you were on Friday when you clocked out, you're, 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 you're too busy. And you're too busy if someone that loves you looks you in the eye and tells you, you need to slow down before you burn down. You're just, you're, you're just running too fast. Now, before we think that this is some kind of Dr. Phil positive think your way into time management message, has nothing to do with that. This is the word of God. I want you to turn to the book of Luke. Jesus himself tells us that in the end times, there's coming a day, there's literally coming a day where one of the traps of the enemy is a word called dissipation. And I'm going to work through this word with you and we're going to gain from this and we're going to be blessed by it. Luke chapter 21 verse 34, verse 34. And for some of you that maybe you've never been to Calvary, uh, maybe you didn't know this was available. If you want to get on your smartphone and you can download our app, Calvary. C-A-L-V-A-R-Y-F-T-W, Calvary F-T-W, Android, uh, Apple device. These sermon notes are there for you to kind of follow with me if you care to. Luke 21, verse 34, be careful. How many of you think that might be smart to pay attention if Jesus says be careful? Now, if your drunk uncle says be careful, don't worry about it, you're good. If your crazy cousin says, hey, be careful, he's just a crazy cousin. But if Jesus says, be careful, you might want to take your highlighter and underline and highlight what he's about to talk about. I think it's, it might be worthwhile to listen if Jesus says, be careful about something. And this is what he says, be careful or your hearts will be weighed down. Everybody look up, look up real quick and look at me. Weighed down. Imagine pressed down. Weighed down with dissipation, drunkenness, and the anxieties of life. And that day, 
will close on you unexpectedly like a trap. Dissipation, drunkenness, anxieties of life. And before we get hung up on the, on the matter of drunkenness, you know, like an alcoholic type mindset, I want you to think, think a little higher than that and just think about there's coming a day where you will be weighed down with an unclear mind. You'll be weighed down in a state of making bad choices. Drunkenness. Lacking sobriety. Lacking sharpness. So, there's coming a day where you will be weighed down with dissipation. A dissipated life. A dissipated life. This is, this is what this is. It's the process of a life slowly disappearing or becoming less. Less of a man, less of a woman, less of a family, less of a Christian, less of an individual. A dissipated life is a slow process of spiraling on a downward descent. Here it is. Everybody check this out. A dissipated life is a slow process of using all your money, all your time, all your energy, or any other allowed, allotted resource. There's coming a day where people, this is Jesus speaking, he's prophesying. There's going to be a day where families, where family units, marriages, churches, communities, nations. There's coming a day where people live a dissipated life where they're spiraling out of control, where they're using all their resource. There is no margin in their life. There is no comfort zone. There is no cushion. They're out of money. They're out of time. They're out of energy. They're trapped in a chaotic life. And these are the steps that are going to get you there. These are the traps we have to avoid. Let me give them to you quickly today. The very first one. Everyone in this room, we can be a hearer of this message or we can take it and do something with it. The first step to a messed up, chaotic life that will be a dissipated life is being scattered. Everyone say scattered. Scattered. Let me, just, let me just help you understand what that means. Some of you are holding your iPhone or your Android. You're holding your, your little smartphone. You know what smartphones do, don't you? They make smart people dumb. Because on our calendar, I know I have a calendar on my phone that I consult with. And if yours is like mine, I've got little color codes and Blue, for my phone, blue is me. That's, that's me. That's just my personal, you know, if I'm going to the dentist, it's going to be in blue. Has nothing to do with you. Has nothing to do with my kids. Has nothing to do with my wife. Has nothing to do with anybody. Just me and my little pearlies. My teeth. Now, if it's like this crazy looking orange, that involves you. That's my work calendar. And then we've got some family stuff going on. And then we've got Financial calendar, certain bills due at certain times. <laughs> that color's red. <laughs> There's a lot of calendars in this, in this building right now that look like a rainbow. And when you pull it up on a larger screen, maybe a, an iPad or maybe even a desktop, and you look at it, it overwhelms you. Because you've got some blue, some yellow, some green, some red. It looks, like, it looks like Christmas. It looks like a prism. It looks like you're back in sixth grade science class and teacher's shining a light through a crystal. It's like all over the map and you're scattered. Because Johnny's got to play, Johnny's got to play baseball. Susie's got to play softball. Johnny's got to play soccer. And those two overlap. 
So we're running about two or three practices a week. And by the way, she's going to be in the band. They're going to be in chess club. They're going to be in runner's club. They're going to be, they're, they're going to have horses. Every kid's got to have a horse. And we're going to have some pigs just because we love us some bacon. We're going to have pigs. And we're going to do this. We're going to, oh, by the way, we're going to travel here and we're going to travel there. And we're going to march in the band. We're not just good enough to be in just a regular, but we're going to have to be in the marching band. And we're going to buy a flute and we're going to buy a trumpet. We're going to beat a bass drum until we all go crazy. Because why? Because we're scattered. That's just my family. Everybody say scattered. Anybody ever play the card game, 52 card pickup? Never played it, Chloe? I'm going I'm to I'm introduce you to that game one day. You take a big old deck of cards and everybody's wanting to play this and everybody's wanting to play I just love 50 card pickup. And you throw the cards. What does it represent? Everything's out of order. It's chaotic. Everybody screams and laughs, and then what do we do? We have to work, and we got to toil, and we got to pick it all up, and it just takes forever to get it right back in order. Listen to me. The first step down into this dissipated way of living where everything starts spiraling out of control is when we bite off too much in our business, in our marriage, in our parenting. We bite off too much in our jobs. We bite off too much in our, in, in, in our extracurricular activities with our kids. And, and the next thing you know, Jesus prophesied there's going to come a day where you're going to use up all your time. Because a scattered life becomes a reactive life. And a reactive life is you can't handle the important things because you've got to handle the urgent things. And the urgent things may not be as important on your to-do list, but they're urgent. Why are they urgent? Because I don't know if I'm coming or going. I don't know if I'm up or down. I don't know if I'm in or out. I'm, I'm scattered. I've got so many things to do. You just don't know, Pastor. I'm busy. I've got so much going on that everything's urgent. i got to go check the mail. Why do you have to run to the mail? i just got to check the mail. It's just checking the mail. I know, so shut up. I got to check the mail. Why? Because I just got to see if we're past due. Past due on what? On the truck note that we didn't pay. Why didn't you pay it? Because I was at softball practice when you should have been at softball practice. I'm scattered, and now all of a sudden, I'm reactive, and everything's urgent. Y'all want to go home? Y'all feeling convicted yet? Are y'all on your calendar right now going, whoop, got to get rid of that, got to get rid of that. Here's why. We're dissipating. We're spiraling out of control because what's next? After I'm scattered, man, and after, after Denor's this way and I'm this way and Sailor's over here and Esme's over here and the church is over here and, and my parents are over there and, and my in-laws and this and, 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 man, I don't know where I'm going. I get a little, I get a little reactive and I start, I start trying to keep it all together. And then the next thing is comes frantic. And now we're starting to manifest real problems. Because frantic living is, according to just simple dictionary search, is that we're now officially emotionally out of control. And I'm going to touch some things in the next three minutes. And I'm going to ask you to receive it. I'm going to ask you not to get your feelings hurt. But a lot of people operate in scattered and you can, you, can, you can operate there. You can somewhat function there. And then when, it, when, when, you, when you dissipate to reactive, you, you, you're, you're, you're treading on thin ice. But when you get to frantic, now, now, comes, now comes the desperate plea for counseling. Now comes the desperate plea for self-medicating. And we've, we've gone from the funny now, okay? Everybody, we've shifted. We're, we're, we're talking real here because we've dissipated. Jesus said it's going to happen. And we're living in the day where we get to the point where, 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 where our emotions are unraveled. And now I've been scattered so long and I've been reactive so long that now, now I'm emotionally, I'm kind of out of control. And my life is marked by, by fast pace. My life is marked by, by, by nerves. My life is... Marked by being disordered, and, and I am struggling with some major anxiety issues. I'm, I'm, I'm dissipating. 
which leads to the final step before the problem, and that is stress. Most people confuse stress in the scattered stage. I'm just so stressed. No, you're just, you're just scattered. You're not in danger territory. You just need to start saying no more than you say yes, and you need to start pulling back before you give. Most people confuse stress for the, for the reactive stage. You know, I just got to take care of this. I'm under a little bit of stress. No, you're not, you're not stressed yet because stress is greater than this frantic way of living. Stress is to the point where it's like a soda can. If you just shake it up, shake it up, shake it up, it's not going to explode. It's going to implode. It's coming from within, and it's going to leave a mess, and it's going to affect a lot of people. It's like a rubber band. Megan, it's like a rubber band. You pull it, you pull it, you pull it, you pull it. It's just, you, have you ever seen a rubber band change colors? You can take a blue one, you pull it, pull it, pull it, and it becomes white. You take a red one, it becomes, it, it becomes white. The fibers are about to give. And the whole while that Jesus has told us, he said, be careful. King James says, take heed, be careful. There's coming a day where The enemy is going to stress you out so bad that you're going to put a mask on and smile. And you're going to smile all the while. Your your insides are just wrecked. Your marriage is not healthy. Your kids and you do not even know each other. And the soda can of your heart is about to just go boom. And Jesus prophesied. He said, get ready. Families are going to They're going to implode and businesses are going to implode and and, and economies are going to implode and nations are going to implode all because you took on too much too quick trying to live a lifestyle in the 20s that your parents didn't get to until they were in their 50s. You just swipe your way to the stress. goes on and it goes on and it goes on and the key here is we have to define the difference between busy and productive let me tell you what busy is let me tell you what busy is busy is the misuse of time so if you're proud of being busy you're proud of not having a clue how to handle your time So why do we strut around proud of our busy? We're trying to out-busy everybody. I'm busier than you. You don't know what busy is. I'm busy. I'm busy with a capital B, busy. In other words, I'm better at misusing my time than you are. So back up. Job said in chapter 9 of his story, my days Go by faster than a runner. Everybody just go. Have you ever gone to bed one night and thought, where did the day go? It's gone by faster than a runner. I feel like I just woke up and had a cup of coffee and here I am trying to go to bed. It's gone. Matter of fact, Job says, listen to this somebody. Job says, my days fly away without me seeing any joy. I'm not going to have you raise your hand because God knows every hand in the room will be lifted. We all have days in yesterday and we're all going to have days in tomorrow unless we make this change by what I'm about to share with you that you're going to have days in your portfolio of life where you had no joy. Ladies and gentlemen, that is not the will of God. But I got to work. Maybe you need to sell some things. And you won't have to work so hard. Well, I don't like this preacher. I don't like this sermon. Well, why don't we take off the mask? And let's just be honest for a few minutes. Productivity is the ability to be a good steward over your time. Exodus chapter 33, verse 13. The Lord replied, my presence will go with you. I will give you rest. 
This is not sleep. This is rest. Similar to Matthew chapter 11. Come to me, all you that are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Where at? You will find rest for your souls. Psalms chapter 9 and verse 12 in the Living Bible. Teach me, teach us to number our days. Let us recognize how few they are. Help us to spend them as we should. Why? Because Proverbs 19 and 2 says, A person in a hurry makes mistakes. I would venture to say every crucial mistake you've ever made was because you were in a hurry. It starts back in school. Most tests are not failed for lack of comprehension. They're failed because we smoke right through them. (laughs) Some of us smoke right through them, if you know what I mean. Made a crucial mistake. Why? Because you rushed. Why'd you get your speeding ticket, Tommy? Because I rushed. Why'd you get the red light ticket, Tommy? Because I rushed. Why? Because I'm busy. Most feelings are hurt because people rush through their thinking before they speak. Most marriages are in trouble because they rush off to work. They rush off to chase the American dream. They rush off. Most parents' and children's relationships are damaged because dad's in a rush. Mom's in a rush. Kids are in a rush. There's a shift that happens. Most dads know this. It's true. I'm starting to experience it. Dads, you find yourself in a rush and you miss it. All of a sudden, they're 10. And then they get in a rush and you just give anything for just, 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 just let me spend some time with you. But they're in a rush. Is this all right? So, what do we do with this? I'm about done, so hang in there. We're about to take the steering wheel in this sermon. We're about to turn, and we're about to go from the what to the how. Here we go, everybody. This is what you need to write down. This is what we need to, we're going from hearing to doing. So, what do we do? One of my my favorite authors that I like to read is Patrick Lanchoni. I've I've read him many, many years now. Uh, In my office, I've got him if anybody would like to pick up on them, but I've read The Five Dysfunctions of a Team. I've read The Obsessions of an Extraordinary Executive. I've got several of these, these books, A Better Pastor. I've got that book. But one of his, one of his writings, I, I uh, share this with you today. One of his writings is three big questions to ask a frantic family. Let me give them to you quickly. The very first thing is, and If you sleep right now, this is not going to make any sense to you, so wake up. One of the biggest things you have to do is you have to identify what makes you unique. Why is that important? Because God created you. And God created you with a purpose. And if you don't know why you were created, and if you don't know your purpose, your schedule, your calendar, is not going to reflect that purpose. It's going to reflect a whole bunch of stuff that does not matter. And then you're going to get scattered. You're going to get reactive. You're going to get frantic. You're going to get stressed. So the very first thing that a marriage has to establish, the very first thing that a business owner must establish, the very first thing a Christian must establish, you've got to know what makes you unique. Why did God, or how did God make you, and why are you, what, what, how are you made, and what is your interest, where is your passion, what is your purpose, what makes you unique? Even as a family, I had this conversation with my family of four as we sat down eating a meal while the kids were out of school. I said, what makes our family unique? And I share this with you just as an example, because your family 
it's not my family, and my family's not your family. This is just an example, two big things that make our family completely different than, than some and most is we're multicultural. Denora, uh, her mom and dad are, are, are Mexican. She's Mexican. I'm not sure about me. I just know I'm different than her. I need to do one of them little lick tests, whatever they do, send it in and find out what I am. I don't even know what I am. She speaks fluent Spanish. I speak broken English. Just not real sure, but I do know that we've come together, and these two are one. Gloria a Dios. I've told this story a hundred times. I'm going to tell it 101. Here we go. Sayla was picked on when she was a little kid, first grade. Boy, I wanted to go to that school, and I wanted to beat me a first grader. Them little punks, first grade, they were picking on my girl. They said, we don't know what you are. What are you? You're, you're just different. What are you? Your dad's like country and stuff. He wears like boots, and he's country. He hunts and fishes, and he's country. And your mom, isn't she like a Mexican? So I mean, we don't even know what you are. And son, that little sailor boy, she sprouted early boy. She said, well, I'm a country Mexican. <laughs> and I'm like, you are the coolest kid I know. <laughs> Boom. I'm a country Mexican. Yeah. So like we just got our very first ever family pet. We've never We've never gotten high enough to go that way, but we did finally. We, we got a pet. So to honor the, multural, uh, uh, the, the multicultural family, we've got to come up with a name to satisfy all of this genealogy and history. So we named him Senor Boudreau. I keep my in-laws happy and... Whoever that is I'm from, they're happy. Senor Boudreau. We've got that going. So we've identified the fact that God has brought our family in a unique forging of cultures. Pastor Tommy, I'm not, I'm not following you. Just, just hang in here with me. In order for me to avoid the trap of dissipation... Of, of spiraling out of control. I got to know what God's doing in my life. Or I'm going to get caught up in stuff that is no value to me. I can say yes to invitations. I can, I can say I can have interest in things that are not for God's glory in my life and for the benefit of my home. I've got to identify what makes us unique. Number one, we're multicultural. That's, but, but here's the big one for us. This is not in any way saying that you have to be this way. But me, this is my world, man. This is my world, you. And because Denora's in my world, and because my kids are in my world, this is our world. And we get invited to be a part of all these other worlds. And if I say yes and put it on my calendar to be a part of all those other worlds, I'm going to miss being the best that I can be in what is God called me in my world. Now let me let me just let me work through this with you, okay? I'm gonna try to help some of you. And some of you are so checked out, you're like on Twitter and get listen to me. Come back. The reason it's important is my daughters are gonna want to go off into to another world. They're gonna wanna, they're gonna want the, and, and I'm just again, I'm just working through this. Just, just let me try my best to communicate it. She's going to want to go off into the sports world. Or she's going to want to go off into the academia world. She's going to want to go off into the style world. She's going to want to go off into, into this and that. I'm totally cool if we dabble in things. But sweetheart, this is our world. That's why we're not, going, we're not, we're not doing Wednesday night athletics. Why? I want to play, Dad. I want to do that. Everybody gets to do it because that's, that's their world. This is our world. Yeah. But my friends are in that. Then we need to get your friends in our world. 
But, but so-and-so, then we're going to get so-and-so into our world. Because if, if you are going to make it long-term, it's going to be in, in our world. But, because I just know my world. This is my world. And, and you, you, are you tracking with me? Let me tell you something. I, I, I struggle with this. It's not just about kids. I struggle with this. Anybody that knows me more than five minutes knows. I've got a few hobbies that I just, I can't get enough of them. I'm a, I'm, I'm like, it's like crack cocaine for me, man. I love to play golf. I love to hunt. I love to fish. It's like I just love doing stuff. I just, I got interest. And if I'm not careful, do you know how many times that I just want to go to the Lord in prayer in a very demanding way and ask him, why can't I play in that tournament on Sunday? I need to. Everybody plays golf on Sunday. Brent Odom plays. Chris Kane plays. And before you clap too long, Bishop Ron plays every now and then. Why you got to treat me like this? Corey gets to fish on Sundays. Why can't I fish on Sundays? Craig Stevenson's hunting right now, and I hope he listens to this message in Jesus' name. He's hunting right now. I never get to hunt on Sundays. And the Lord's like, that's not your world. This is your world. And if you want to get scattered, and if you want your scattered to become reactive, and if you want to dissipate to the point that you're frantic, and if you want to implode, you go ahead and just make your calendar look like a rainbow, and you get caught up in all the other worlds outside of what I've called you to do. And, and I'll, you know, you can make your own choice. And I've seen many preachers get out of their lane and the Bible just said, well, I just read it, in a hurry, people make mistakes. I've seen preachers get, get caught out of their lane. Next thing you know, they're, they have improprieties of, of all kinds because they weren't, they weren't in their world. Now, now, here's the deal. My world's not yours. By no means is it a sin to give yourself over to the little league world. I've got friends that are knee deep in the little league world. That's fine. Just let God in your world. It would be silly to think that no one is allowed to miss church. But here's the danger. You take God out of that world, we'll never see you again. Is this okay? You can, you can put the mask on all you want, but I'm calling you for what it is. You're going to have to find out what you are, your unique identity as a family. Why? Because number two, and I'm running out of time. Number two, number two, because everything changes here. You don't have to turn around and look at the clock. I said I'm out of time. Just trust me. <laughs> I'll rewind the clock because this is my world. Huh? 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 Preach it, preacher. Listen to me. Check it out, everybody. Somebody, somebody right now going, that ain't right if he rewinds a clock, man. That ain't right. He already said, this ain't my world because I'm out. Here's the big one, number two. Once you know what your deal is, once you know what your marriage is, once you know your family, when you, when you have that conversation with your wife and you ask, what, what, how are we unique? What is God doing in us and for us? Where are we at? Number two is where it gets fun. And this is going to keep you sane. It's going to keep you healthy. It's going to keep you happy. And that is this. Number two, you ready? Identify now what your single most important objective is. What are you aiming for in your marriage? What's the touchdown? Boy, did LSU look good last night. God. What's the touchdown? What's the touchdown for your family? Is it children being saved? What's the touchdown? Making select team? What's the touchdown? You hitting a certain mark financially, annually? What's the, what's the win? When does life's referee go, Woo! Scored! What are you aiming for? Because... Life is going to want to get you into everything possible that has nothing to do with what you have defined as the win. 
You have to define what's the win for your family. Small group involvement or sports. Church attendance, deer leaves. What's, what's the touchdown? Because once you define the win, comes point three, you have to commit to always checking back in with it, checking on it, and seeing what progress is being made. I know we got a whole bunch of Camp Gladiator folk in this church, and I love, oh, come on. All I said, woo! Man, you didn't even worship when the songs were singing, Brit, and now you're going, woo! Now listen, y'all, before y'all think, that's the lowest thing I've ever heard a preacher do. That's my girl. That's my girl. But she better get her hands up for the worship. Here we go. Here we go, Britt. Check it out, Miss Hoffman. You like that, Miss Hoffman? Everybody listen to me real quick. The Nora's into this Camp Gladiator stuff. Leaves the house at 4.45 in the morning. Now she's going to leave me stuck with the dumb dog at 4.45 in the morning. I'm feeling scattered. I'm about to get stressed. And the gate might accidentally be left open, if you know what I'm saying. If Donora did not have an objective, her time spent every morning, no matter if it's cold or hot, she's dressed and out the door at 4.45. God bless her. But if she didn't have an objective, waste of time. But because there's goals set, because there's accountability in place, because there's a mark to be reached, every morning she's working in her spot, in her lane. She's in her purpose. She's got that part of her life dialed in tight, and she knows what she's trying to accomplish. And she's looking good, too. So it's a win-win for everybody, you know what I'm saying? I'm just being real. <laughs> Let's talk about our homes. Let's talk about our finance, man. Let's talk about it. Give me, give me just a few more minutes. We take it back 12 even, 12 even on the clock. 12 even, not 12, 13, 12 even. Yeah, there we go. It's funny how people get to 65 and they say, I can't retire. I'm getting real personal with you. You can put the mask on. Some people put the mask on. Well, I don't have anything to, I I can't, I can't save. You can wear that mask all you want. Stewardship. Well, I, I, I just didn't pay attention to it. You can wear that mask all you want. Listen to me, everybody. Life's too short for you to live behind all the reasons not to survive in your marriage, to survive in your health, to survive in your family. Life's too short. Let's get real with this thing. Let's identify what God has called us to do and who God calls us to be. Let's identify what our goal is. And then what we're going to do is work. We're going to work Proverbs 13 and 17 from from the Living Bible. Everybody say this out loud. Reliable communication permits progress. If I'm constantly in communication with my Heavenly Father... It's going to permit progress. If I'm constantly in communication with my boss, it's going to permit progress. If I'm in constant communication with my spouse, it's going to permit progress. If I'm communicating with my kids, I'm permitting progress. I've got to go back and I've got to touch what I've identified as the goal of this this family, the goal of this church, the goal of, of this community. you got to set some of these things in stone. you got to know who you are in God. What is your purpose in God? You say, well, how do I find that out? We've got something to help you with that. It's called our growth track. We do it every single Sunday. When the, when the 11 o'clock service is over, we, we have every single Sunday, we have growth track. And we talk to people about their purpose. We talk about spiritual gifts. We talk about personality traits. We want to get you to the place where you know what God's called you to do, be and who to be, to do rather, and who to be. And once you establish that, 
Find out what your mark is. What are you trying to do? Are you trying to sell the most real estate than any broker in town? Are you trying to sell more cars than anybody in town? Are you trying to be the absolute greatest football coach at one of our schools? What are you trying to do? Because once you identify this, then the fun starts. You come back and you constantly communicate, communicate, communicate. And the next thing you realize is you're not stressed. Because you're not trying to be all things to all people. You're trying to please God. And please what God has given you, which is your loved ones around you. Stop with the stress, everybody. So what is this life really about anyway? Ephesians 5 And I close. Ephesians 5 verse 15 says, be very careful. Be very careful how you live. Not as unwise, but as wise. Making the most of every opportunity. Because the days, everyone say the days. Because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish. But understand what the Lord's will is. What is the Lord's will? Well, I'm going to tell you something that is without question the Lord's will on a universal scale. The Lord's will for you and your family is to live in the peace of God. Yes, you might have some days that the RPM gauge is running hot, but it's your job, just as you would in your vehicle, to back it down. Because if you run it hot so long, all the other gauges are going to go off and all the whistles are going to blow. And the word of the Lord has come by on the last Sunday of November, sounding the alarm. You're about to hit December. You're about to hit busy time. Everybody's going to pull on you. I was talking to someone yesterday that they have seven stops that they have to make on Christmas Day to keep everybody happy. Can I tell you something today? I'm not going to touch the whole family dynamic in that regard, but I will tell you this. You're not going to make everybody happy in this life. So stop trying. Please God and fulfill what God's called you to do. Focus on the people that matter the most, the ones you live with. Honor God. Take the mask off, man. Be real in his presence. Because he said in his presence you will find rest. If you don't mind, I want us to close in in this way today. If you'll just stand and just kind of stay right where you are. I've enjoyed this series with you. I know today we've covered a lot of material. I love to see so many people taking notes and writing. Pastor Tommy, what's the motivation in sermons like this? See you healthy. I didn't say perfect. I'm still working on me. No way would I ever ask you to be perfect. There's, there's a man that's preaching today that needs to live this. And I need to start clearing out my calendar. I need to stop saying yes to everything. Have you ever noticed that every invitation to a cup of coffee does not have to be accepted? <laughs> what do you mean by that? Because not every cup of coffee and conversation is going to bring value to my life. You may want to get me distracted. Going down paths like last Sunday's message. Paths that just bring me right back to where it started. Not the road of my calling to my destination. I want to pray this blessing over you before we're dismissed today. Heavenly Father, as we close out this month, 
as we close out this series, you know, you know where I'm at, God, as a pastor. This has been a month that's been very difficult for me. There are expectations of people. They expect me to please them. Preach what they want to hear. Say it the way they want it to be said. Because they think it's about them. But in this world, my world, I'm doing my dead level best to please you. And while I come up short often, and while I have my own issues I'm working through, I pray that you will honor and bless the attempt of a pastor to be open, authentic, and real to its congregation. And somehow or another way, somehow, God, take what I've done this month in my own unique way. Take it, bless it, and multiply it. And allow my authenticity and my vulnerability to hopefully get the message across that we really need to stop trying to please people and commit our days to please you. To follow after you. To honor you. Father, I pray a special closing blessing over these families and these homes every single family represented today from the single mom to even the generations represented of grandparents down to grandchildren that are in this room I pray this special blessing may we walk into the busyness of Christmas committing not to get out of our lane not to get caught into the trap of dissipation but to be grounded in a life that's pleasing unto God and those immediately we're connected to. I pray health in our bodies, sanity in our minds. I pray for a levelness, a levelness, Lord, to our emotions. I pray for strength in our spirit and completeness and wholesome reality of our soul. May our soul be blessed. And I pray it in Jesus' name. And let everybody say a big amen. I love you.